Blog Talk Radio. Time for the South Carolina High School Blitz on the SCVarsity.com radio network. Another Sunday in November, weather's getting cooler, starting to feel like uh, winter, and another week of high school football in South Carolina. I'm Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com, joined by my own-air partner, Richie Altman, from the low country of South Carolina and Southern Sports Central, and uh, we're going to be talking high school football. we got a loaded five-star lineup of guests tonight, and uh, Richie, how you doing? Did you, did you get through another Friday night football, Friday night lights week? I believe Richie's still with me. Richie, you there? All right. Well, maybe I lost Richie. Um, but anyway, we got a good lineup. We've got uh, Jamie Nichols uh, going to be joining us uh, from Abbeville um, High School, head football coach at Abbeville High School, and uh, talk to us a little about 2A football. Um, later in the show, we've got um, – Tyson Player, defensive back from Ridgeview High School. We've got uh, Manny McQuamu, quarterback from Goose Creek High School. they got a big game uh, this coming week against Somerville. And then uh, we will have head coach uh, Scott Early on. Uh, Westside lost to Spring Valley this week. They're out of the playoffs, and usually when they're not playing, uh, Coach Early comes on, longtime friend. He comes on and joins me uh, on the air, and we, we talk football. He's going to talk us through this 5A bracket. And I believe i got Richie back with me. Richie, you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Okay. Not sure what happened. It wasn't. It wasn't showing that I muted muted you, but I couldn't hear you. But uh, anyway, um, so Friday night, um, you guys had a big game, Lugolf Elgin. I I, right. I missed it. I missed the pick. I picked Lugolf to pull an upset, and there until the last uh, 20, 30 seconds of the game, I thought I was going to win that game. But uh, what a what a finish for Somerville. Well, Somerville has informed me to let you know that you need to pick Goose Creek again this weekend. Okay, you, you've uh, you've. <laughs> don't yeah, pick I've heard that. I've, I've heard that. I've heard that before. I'm gonna I'm gonna help them out. Yeah. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna pick yeah. Goose Creek. <laughs> oh, I already know. I already know. No, it was, you know it was a great game. It really was. And you got to give the coaching staff over there. I mean, how hard is it to come back from three games? that you could have won within a drive or two, one of them within 40 seconds out of some of those losses. They come in four and six, and, again, very close to having a very successful seven-win season, if not eight, and then have Somerville at Somerville on the ropes with about 30 seconds left. Uh, you know, it was a, a fast team. They didn't have it about 48 maybe guys on the other side. Somerville packed about 64, and uh, it was as advertised that we expected. Though. We knew that this team was going to come in. They've got a great coaching staff over there. Uh, their head coach played in the league. He, of course, played for the Gamecocks. Uh, so he knows what it takes to get there. Those kids are bought in. And what was neat about it, and one thing that I do being the voice of Somerville, is I take a chance and, and, and have conversations with these guys. Of course, with Southern Sports Central, I do the same thing, Jim. But I talked about every one of their players before uh, Somerville got there. We kind of sat down beside the field, and they were asking me questions about the history. Of course, A.J. Green and a handful of other guys that have played on that field. But uh, a great group of guys on and off the field. But it was – it was nervous. I tell you what, about 30 seconds in before Somerville punched that, uh, that, that kid going through the end zone, uh, I had no idea if our game, uh, if our season wasn't over. And, of course, uh, that matchup that we have coming up next Friday night wasn't even going to be a chance. Yeah, I, I was, um, I'm, I'm, you know, happy for Somerville, obviously. Um, you know, I, was, I had Lugal picked in my bracket. I didn't do bad this week. I was 61-8. and eight. There was one game I did not pick. I guess I looked over it when I was doing the picks, but uh, – Anyway, I'll tell you, one one game that uh, I picked, and I believe 
everyone in the state uh, probably picked the same thing was Abbeville over Louisville, and they took care of business in that 2A bracket. I'm going to tell you, the 2A bracket, uh, upstate and lower state, that may be the the, the best classification bracket uh, in the playoffs this year. If you look at the teams that are left, and um, we got a special guest joining us online right now uh, from Abbeville High, High School, uh, head coach Jamie Nichols. Jamie, you there? Yes, sir. Congratulations, coach. Oh, man, thank you for calling. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So so got a big win over Louisville um, uh, Friday night. And looking at this 2A bracket, we were talking about the brackets a little bit earlier. The, the 2A bracket looks like it might be the most competitive bracket in all of the state. You know, if you look at some of the teams in the upstate, um, Southside Christian you're familiar with. Of course, you're familiar with Batesburg, Louisville because they're in your region. Um, great collegiates in that uh, the bracket with you in that lower part of the upper state bracket. Um, looks like it's going to be some really great games in the next couple of weeks. Jim, I think you're exactly right. And I, I call this early in the year. I said there was really no dominant 218, you know, uh, maybe other than Barnwell, you know, who had really um, – really showed herself early in the season. And um, and I think that's proven to be true. Uh, us and Southside Christian played a game where either one could have won very easily. And then uh, Saluda, uh, you know, if they don't turn the ball over against us, that's a one-score football game as well. And, you know, I just got a lot of a lot of respect for the different schools throughout our state. And, uh, you know, you've had the great collegiate. Uh, from what I understand, I haven't seen them on tape, but everybody tells me they're as explosive as – any team in the state, all classifications. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. I mean, they've got you know their quarterback is is uh, throws a good ball. They got a very dangerous wide receiver, and they're they got a sophomore running back that may be one of the top players in that 2022 class. Um, so they'll they'll be tough. Their defense though, Jamie's a little bit loose. So uh, I've seen them put up uh, scores that were like 55 to 52, and and so. They can score, but a lot of times they have to score to, to win the football game. But uh, So you guys had little trouble uh, with Louisville, and uh, I know that Louisville is struggling trying to rebuild their program. But when you look at this uh, bracket coming into the playoffs prior to this week, um, and Abbeville being so dominant over the years, you guys are going for number five. How do you keep your guys grounded? How do you keep the, the guys on Abbeville – high school's football team from walking around with their chest sticking out thinking that they can win just by showing up? Well, you know, that's always a big concern, but, you know, I think our kids watch tape and, and they're intelligent football players, um, you know, and they just like the team we're playing this week. I've already had a couple of kids contact me, man, this team's for real. Uh, AJ and, you know, we forget about that side of the world, Jim, but you're a little closer to it than we are, but AJ Buford, uh, all those teams on that side of the world play pretty good football as well. And um, this team we're playing this week is is really explosive on offense and they've given up less points than anybody in the state. Not, you know, I've had three or four kids just comment to me about, you know, how good how good this team is. And, you know, I think that's the first thing you do is you respect everybody and, and fear no one, you know. And I, that's what we try to uh, teach our kids from the time they're, they're – uh, junior varsity, middle school, all the way up to now, and it, it's just kind of bred into them. Now, you mentioned junior varsity and middle school. How much of a hand in the in the uh, sub-varsity level programs and how far down um, does your hand reach in terms of, uh, of uh, working those programs, having them on board with what you guys do at Abbeville High School? Yeah, and, and I wouldn't use my hand, but the connections through me and uh, varsity coaches and all that have go all the way down to um, to rec ball. You know, if their daddy's not coaching, he probably, uh, you know, that played for me. Their dad's coached down there, and um, we our middle school coaches are involved with us. And you know, it, it's just a a tradition that starts um, when you're when you're seven eight years old and carries all the way up to to the day they probably put us in the ground, Jim. Well, I had a couple of questions that I wanted to make sure and ask you. One, you know, you you played at Abbeville. You uh, coached there under a legend, um, Dennis Botts. And I was curious, 
in in terms of style, how much of his mentorship do you bring to the table with your coaching style? Oh, I would say a tremendous amount of knowledge that he taught me, you know, and I also worked for the great uh, Willis Burkett uh, at Greenwood, and I learned a lot from those guys. And, uh, but I think Coach Box, the biggest thing he taught me was in dealing with people. You know, it can't always be about the X's and O's. Uh, you know, you need to learn how to treat people and, and, and take care of them. We, we were way ahead of the curve on this uh, limit contact uh, all the way yeah. back in the 90s, Jim. You know, so for our, for our kids, it really hasn't been that big of adjustment. But, yeah, I'll, you know, this program is a is a carryover of, of the things that, that he's taught us. And, uh, you know, he coached most of the kids who are on our staff coaching now. Uh, you go all the way back to, um, to Coach Smith, who's been with him for it seems like ever, you know, who – who started when Coach Potts first came. He was actually with Coach Hendricks on his staff, and that was my high school coach. But, uh, you know, it's just a great tradition and a great uh, great atmosphere. And, you know, everybody loves you when you're winning. And, uh, but I'll say this for Abbeville, they've stuck with us, you know, when we've had a tough year or two in there too. They've been right by our sides as well. With, uh, with the amount of tradition that you have there and obviously – expectations in the community and the in the from the fans um on what their expectations are for the football team how do you uh coming off numerous back-to-back championships um when you when you come into the season or preseason what are what are the goals that you lay out in front of your kids do they change year to year or do you always start the same way and say hey this is our goals and what are those goals yeah, and, you know, that's something we don't do a lot of. Um, we'll talk to individual kids about maybe getting into college, but as far as sitting down and writing out team goals, you know, we take it week by week, uh, step by step, um, you know. And we've had some teams in the past that have overachieved and a couple that have underachieved. Um, you know, if you look at these state championships, we had one class that, Lord, we lost uh, Courtney Jackson, our uh, best running back from last year as a junior. He tore his ACL. And I think everybody left that group for dead. And, um, you know, you had some other running backs that stepped into his spot, and it wasn't easy. But, uh, you know, you were you had to play a little better defense and tighten down. But I was just really pleased with the way the kids uh, came together that year. Uh, and then, you know, you, you deal, you're always dealing with some kind of adversity. And I think our kids, the preparation, um, you know, of, of being in the program and believing in the program helps you to get through those tough times, Jim. You know, whether you win or lose, you get through them together, you know, and, and it just makes for a great atmosphere and just a great um, great environment to, to play in. Coach, walk us through uh, an Abbeville week. Um, let's say you, you finish your – we'll start with, with – the end of the football game on Friday night, you guys beat Louisville. What what happens after that victory? How long do you enjoy it? And, and what's the process for going ahead and getting back to work for this week's game? Yeah, well, coaches work on their own on Saturday. Uh, you know, usually a couple of us will talk or whatever, but we usually um, are, are off. Kids are off on Saturday, uh, you know, unless you've had an injury or something that we need to evaluate uh, which our doctors do a great job of seeing kids even on Friday night to start the the uh, healing process or the rehab process for a young man who gets hurt on a um, on a um, Friday night's game. And then um, Sunday we meet, um, you know, get a game plan together offensively and defensively. Coach Smith, my uh, offensive coordinator, usually heads up the offensive plan. Coach DeVoe usually heads up the defensive plan. And we go from there and we'll practice tomorrow. Um, very little contact, maybe one period where there's some contact. And then um, this time of year, we'll probably practice an hour and 45 minutes at the, at the most, you know, unless there's just something, you know, that we're having to fix or some kind of injuries we're having to get ready for. But, you know, I think it's so important to, to practice less than two hours this time. You're just trying to keep your kids fresh and and, and focused on what they need to do, you know. Uh, maybe a little more film work. Tomorrow will be our long day. We'll actually be there longer, but have less contact. Uh, Tuesday, uh, any kid that's a two-way player, uh, he will get offensive um, 
practice more than defensive, and then the same can be said for Wednesday. Um, we do practice on Thursdays. You know, a lot of people have gone through more of a college walkthrough on Thursdays um, in the morning giving kids, but we'll we'll have an hour and a half practice on Thursdays just going through uh, making sure everything's shored up, and, and um, from there we'll go into our Friday prep. Coach, Richie Elman down here in uh, Charleston area with Southern Sports Central. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for all that you do for high school football and the time you give away from your family uh, to spend with these young men, building them up to be grown men and, uh, and your wives, of course, and everybody that gives up that time so that you can do it. I think that sometimes is maybe overlooked a little bit. You know, we kind of expect it now, but uh, we appreciate that um, on the forefront. With that being said, Coach, uh, a lot has changed a little bit with the rules. You mentioned that just a minute ago. Uh, this is something that I cover uh, a lot of the stuff down here in the Low Country. I'm the voice of the Green Wave with Somerville, so I'm, you know, uh, been around since Coach McKissick was down here, and a lot of other great coaches I've seen come through the Low Country. Um, and I asked them the same question: How hard is it with with the schools now, of course, being a little bit more lenient on these young men in in the classrooms? They're able to say words that back in the day, if we said it, even if we said it in the classroom, we still paid for it on the football field. And then the disciplinary deals a little bit differently uh, in the classes. But when it comes to the football field, the standard says the same. And, you know, I kind of feel like we've we kind of gone with this new wet bulb thing that they're kind of monitoring the heat, which I can understand it for safety purposes. But we're not practicing completely, at least down here I see in certain areas, for what these guys are putting together on Friday nights. If we're not preparing them for Friday nights, that Monday through Thursday, and I applaud you for practicing them on Thursday the right way, um, kind of tell us a little bit with the transition of, of the game of football a little bit. Oh, yeah. It used to be we were full gear uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, and next year we'll have a younger team. We'll probably put the gear uh, full pads on on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But with the veteran guys we had coming back, especially in our OL and DL this year, uh, we actually have practiced in shorts all year. Uh, but, yeah, that that's just something. You kind of have to know your team, you know. I, th- I think there's a – a set way of doing things or whatever, but at the same time, you have to judge your team. Okay, what does this group need? You know, where do you start from there? And you're exactly right, though. The wet bulb, you you guys, I don't know how y'all ever practice of Because <laughs> <laughs> every time I've been to Charleston, it's 12 o'clock at night, and the, I, I guarantee you the wet bulb's up there around 90 degrees. But, um, but yeah, um, you know, so we do we do um, start earlier, practice in the morning that first week. I, I like to call it acclimation week or whatever, you know, getting used to things. And then from there we try to get into a game week and uh, school starts. And, you know, some there. matter of fact, um, this spring we had to wait and practice at 6 o'clock a couple of days because it was so hot during spring practice. But, you know, that's just something you have to work around. And if it's safety for the kids, you know, you just uh, – Go with it. You know what I'm saying? Well, Coach, yeah, Coach the, um, the one thing, too, that I look at, too, is, is that, you know, and, and uh, Jim, I'll ask him this, and I'll give it back to you, bud, but, you know, it's this, your guys are going against video games as much as anything because I tell the young men in, at Somerville and all the way over to Dor- Fort Dorchester, Goose Creek, and all that, listen, it's not any hotter than it was when I grew up, trust me, but we had to drink out of this green thing that came out of a wall. You guys get this, you know, this, this updated thing comes out of a cooler, and then they keep ice on it. That's great and all. But, you guys, it seems to me that that's, they're battling more of the Fortnites, the, the, all this technology, because their bodies just aren't used to the heat. It's really kind of a story. It's not that it's hotter. It's just they're just not conditioned before you get to them, and you only have a small window to get them there. Hey, exactly, exactly. And, and hydration, you know, we preach hydration. Even this week, uh, you know, it was at our game time, it was around 44, 45 degrees. And, you know, it's still so important to be hydrated even in cold weather. You know, you don't realize that. But, uh, but that's just so important for your kids. Well, Coach, uh, we certainly appreciate appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to, to come on and, and uh, join us for the show. Wish, uh, certainly wish Abbeville the best of luck this week. You guys will be hosting Andrew Jackson. And um, you get through that. You got gray now. I'm not looking at the bracket right now, so I'm assuming, let's see, if you guys get to gray, who's got home field in that? Um Looks like Gray has got home. So you guys will be traveling to Columbia for the the matchup with Gray if you get by Andrew Jackson. So hopefully. Yeah, and I, I'm, uh, I'm telling you, I don't sleep on Andrew Jackson, Jim. I'm telling oh, no. you. Uh, no. Turn on film, that, that quarterback, and they have a receiver that's getting some big-time looks. And 
Uh, this is this game's a toss-up going in. I'm telling you, uh, I, I'm really impressed with the defense. They just don't give up many points. Uh, they're so athletic, but but yeah, Jim, uh, one of us two, either AJ or or Abbeville, would be coming to the Columbia area to play great collegiate. And I'm gonna tell you now, uh, St. Joseph, um, they've got a good coach, and, and they do a great job with that Georgia Tech offense. And you know, from years past, that's, that's a tough offense to prepare for in one week. Oh yeah, you can't. Well, you just can't simulate it at practice. Well, uh, Coach, again, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, we wish you the best of luck uh, this week, and you guys go out there get a get a W against AJ, and um, hopefully we can have you back on the show again. Absolutely, Jim. What an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Coach Jamie Nichols from Abbeville High School. Richie, I think we're going to skip the break because I've got a young man from Columbia, South Carolina, Ridgeview High School online. Uh, with us right now. He was kind enough to stay on hold for us. Uh, Mr. Tyson Player. Tyson, how you doing? I'm good. Congratulations on the on, – I'm doing great, man. Uh, congratulations on the win Friday night. Thank you, thank you. So tell us a little bit about where Ridgeview's at right now. Uh, you know, watched you guys earlier in the season. It was a team that mm-hmm. – uh, has. you guys have been good on defense all year, but – the offense has struggled a little bit earlier in the season. You seem to have gotten back on track. Um, talk right. a little bit about about where this team is right now versus where you guys were in, say, week one or two. Uh, I feel like our team is peaking at a great point. We have a young quarterback, and I feel like he's he's coming to his own. He's really starting to mature. He's sitting in the pocket. He's making throws. He's leading us. And um, – I just think as a whole, we're just we're more of a unit than we were when the season first started. And that, it's a great time to be to get to that point because it's playoffs and we got some huge games coming up. Yeah. Like now you, you said, have our, our defense. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you said our defense deep, has been good. Yeah. The defense has yeah, been deep. good, but it's also continued to improve as the season has gone on as well. We had a couple yeah. hiccups at the beginning of the season against a few, a few teams, but we've We've been holding a couple good offenses to to a very minimal point. Well, I was I was impressed with the uh, the South Point game, even though it, it, it you right. guys came out came out on the um, short end of that game. Uh, I right. thought that you defensively played very well against that team, and and they they've got a pretty good uh, offense. Um, your defensive line seems to have really um, come into their own and become one of the one of the best defensive fronts in the state. And we've, there's there's several teams that have got some really good defensive lines, but Ridgeview's right up there with them. Talk a little bit about right. I've been I've been looking on Twitter and I've been seeing uh these offers that seem to have picked up for you in the last couple of weeks. Talk a little bit about your recruiting right now and, and some of the latest offers that you got. Um well as the Right past the uh, midpoint of the season, the offers started to come in. Um, I think schools started seeing me. Like, I don't know if you watched it on my junior film, I was playing a lot of corner. Mm-hmm. And now I'm coming into my own as a safety, and a lot of schools have liked that change. They like it, my body type, my abilities, my physical attributes. They think it fits more of that safety position. And a lot of these schools have uh, decided to offer. But the main, I think the main uh, underrated reason that I'm picking up a lot of uh, steam from these schools is my uh, academics. I've got a 4.1 GPA and a 23 on my ACT, so it gives me a lot of options on what schools can actually offer. Because mm-hmm. some of the schools that have offered, like your Woffords and your Furmans, they have some high academic standards. So, right, it's a lot. Now, do you do you have do you have a um, a favorite, even if it's someone that maybe hasn't offered you yet? Do you have that dream offer that you that you'd like to see come in? Uh, well, I grew up a Clemson fan. When I first when I uh when I first started playing football, I wanted that Clemson offer, but I mean, they've started. They're one of the. They're a top team in the country now, and that's that's getting a little bit, you know, ahead of myself. That was my dream school, but out of the schools I've got now, it's kind of hard because there's new schools coming in every day. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're all they're all quality schools, and I like, I like what they have to offer. But I haven't narrowing it down is really hard right now because they have they haven't stopped coming in. Like, yeah, look, yeah, looking at your look. Looking at your offer list, I mean, you've got the one thing for certain is that you're gonna you're gonna come out of this getting a, a quality education because you've gotten some offers right. from really really good schools. Uh, all right, so now you guys get the win um, mm-hmm. Friday night. Uh, 
and um, uh, you know, so, solid win for you. This week, um, you're going to move on, and you're taking on uh, one of your in-town rivals, AC Flora. No, you guys haven't right. seen each other this year. Uh, what do you know about AC Flora? Um, I, we know we know a lot about their head coach because I faced him for four for three years in a row uh, when he right. was at Westwood. So we know the sort of offense he kind of likes to run. But mm-hmm. like you said, we don't play them much, so we're not we're not extremely familiar. But we will watch them right. mm-hmm. and make sure we're prepared for what they like to do. For me, right. on what they like to do on offense, but for the whole team, what they like to do as a team. But I'm mostly, yeah. I'm mostly concerned about what they do on special teams and offense, the things that I play. Right. And you guys have got uh, – they, they're actually pretty good defensive team. I think this is going to be a defensive ball game. I think both of these defenses are really good. I'm looking at the brackets now, and uh, the interesting thing is, is that if you guys beat AC Floor and Westwood can pull off an upset over Daniel, you guys are going to be seeing your rival again uh, facing right. off of Westwood. Right. The funny thing is that actually happened last year. Yeah. We played them twice last year too. We played them during the yeah. regular season, and we ended up facing them again in the playoffs in the second round. Right. So. Okay. Well, listen, Tyson, I appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday schedule to, to give us a call and talk football with us and recruiting, and uh, we'll be watching you this week. Um, wish Ridgeview the best of luck uh, this week. Wish you the best of luck. Have a great game, and uh, tell your coach, uh, tell Perry Parks that I said hello. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me again. All right, thank you. All right, Tyson Player from Ridgeview High School. Richie, still with me? Yes, sir, right here with you, buddy. Uh, that kid, he's an incredible guest, man. He's a great kid on and off the field, like you mentioned. His ability to, to do what he does in the classroom is going to really help him. I think, like you mentioned, get him to another place to get him that really high education. But here's the thing. Here's the exciting thing for this kid. If you look at college football right now, they are in need of secondary players, not just in the lower level, but at the higher level. Look at South Carolina last night. Look at so many different schools right now that are really taking advantage of these kids coming in as freshmen and starting them. If you can play today, you can definitely start today. And I think this kid, I'm not going to say Clemson by any means because, again, he's, he understands the, the aspect of Clemson. But why not? Why not Clemson? Why not? Because Hunter Renfro walked on. Nobody knew who Hunter Renfro was. Didn't have a pitcher on rivals. Didn't have a star on rivals. Uh, but, again, if that's what you want, go get it. But this kid, is he's gotten better week after week. I had a chance to talk to him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, over there on Southern Sports Central. And he, again, Perry Parks does a great job preparing these kids for not just Friday night, but for what's going to happen in the few nights ahead before they get to that Friday night. Yeah, and he does a good job with, you know, as far as preparing these kids for college. You know, a lot of these guys, um, you know, they play a lot of man over there at Ridgeview, yeah. so, you know, which a lot of the high schools don't. A lot of the high schools run zone. So his kids have got, you know, they're, they're used to playing a little man, and they've actually got some film of them doing so. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I've got another guest that's supposed to be joining us around 6.30, a quarterback from Goose Creek High School, uh, Manny McQuamu. And uh, we'll get to talk to him a little bit about Goose Creek's game this past week, their season, and uh, the upcoming game with uh, your guys at Summerville Green Wave. And we'll be back right after these messages from our sponsor. It's calling your taste buds. You know that delicious-looking landmark, that chocolate-dipped cone in the sky located in Triangle City, West Columbia. Under it, the legendary Zesto, where folks have come from miles around the last six decades to enjoy the absolute best Zesto burgers, sandwiches, homemade slaw dogs, and hot fudge sundaes. All fast and fresh and friendly. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. ZestoWestColumbia.com. Score big your next tailgate with one of Maurice's barbecue party specials, like Maurice's rib special. Two pounds of pulled pork cooked low and slow. A full rack of fall-off-the-bone ribs. Three big pints of southern sides. Ten rolls, a gallon of tea, and 18 ounces of Maurice's signature sauce. Feed ten for about six bucks a person. Now that's tailgate. More at Maurice'sBarbecue.com. Their pits have been hot since 39. Go team! That great smoke taste is cooking up for you at Maurice's Piggy Park Barbecue. You're listening to Jim Baxter and South Carolina High School Blitz on the SC Varsity Radio Network. 
back in, and I know that's one of your favorites, Richie. Uh, you're, you're telling me that's your song, right? Yeah, that's it, man. Hey, it's something about that Sunday afternoon, sit back a little bit, kind of kick ready, get ready for the week there, man. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely a good it's a throwback for sure. Yeah, every time that comes on as a bumper, I'm I'm sitting here <laughs> at the studio doing the air drums. <laughs> yeah, me and you. Uh, well, we got uh, listen, man. Great, great stuff from uh, Abbeville head coach uh, Jamie Nichols and um, Ridgeview defensive back uh, Tyson Player uh, who joined us, and now we got a young man uh, uh, from the Low Country of South Carolina down your way, Richie, and um, yep. he is a quarterback. For the Goose Creek Gators, Mr. Manny McQuamu. Manny, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing great, man. Hey, listen, congratulations uh, on the win uh, this past week. 48-27 over South Florence. Um, outstanding win. How was your game? Tell us about tell us about Manny's game in the, against South Florence. Uh, it was great. I felt like I was going to have a great game. You know, I had a great week of practice. And I just felt like I was comfortable with the game plan, and coach put me in a great position to make plays. This uh, Goose Creek Gator team, uh, you know, Goose Creek has gone through kind of the doldrums of of, uh, of high school football since uh, Coach Reedy left, and and they seem to be reemerging this year, um, having an outstanding year. When you guys came into this season. Um, what were your – did you guys write down any expectations, personal expectations for this football team? Yes, sir. As a team, our, our first goal was to win the region, you know. And then from there, you know, we have that uh, same goal that everybody should have, every high school team should have is to win state. So now that we won region, we just worrying about state, taking one game at a time, you know. It's, it's one and done now. So you got uh, got through um, South Florence this past week. This week you got to take on a crosstown uh, arrival with with Somerville. Um, not familiar with them. I haven't played them this year, uh, but you guys have got some. I was telling somebody today. You, in fact, I was talking to one of your coaches today, and um, I don't like to use the uh, transitive property of common opponents to to try to tell what's going to happen in a football game because football is all about matchups. But at least looking at those common opponents, it looks like this is going to be a fairly evenly matched uh, football game. Uh, what do you know about Somerville? Have you guys already started looking at them? Um, yes, sir. Uh, we started looking at them. They, they, have, they have a great team, you know. They, they're coached by Coach Joe Call. He's a great coach, you know. They got a good program. They always had a great program. But it's looking to be a fun game. Now, hey, Manny, um, Richie Altman, what's up, buddy? Uh, got, got a question for you, Jim. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, let's go. You're fine. Um, but, Manny, you and I have gotten a chance to catch up uh, on a regular basis here, uh, me down here in the low country with you, man. What's it been like for you guys, though? Again, last year you kind of built that foundation. This year you took it to a whole nother level. You beat a Berkeley team that no, that everybody kind of picked, not only down here but across the state, to, uh, to win that region. Well, not so fast. You guys took care of business. You end up getting your coach, the low country, or the, the lower state 5A coach of the year, and now you get this big matchup. You and I know about this matchup because it didn't happen because of the hurricane that came through. You didn't get a chance to see Somerville in about week three or four, whatever it was there when that hurricane came through, but now it happens. Again, this is a it's a rivalry because of the fact that both of these schools have been around for a long time. They're some of the original schools that, that started, and then all these Stratfords and Fort Dorchesters and Asher Ridge kind of spun off of these schools. When you look at it, man, what what does this mean to you to see Somerville, that S on the side of their helmet, come through with that big time, you know, Goose Creek logo that you guys have over there on your stand? Oh, what's it mean to you coming into this week and getting ready for, like you already mentioned, a coach call? But who else are you kind of keeping your eye on over there at Somerville? Um, it, it means a lot. You know, this is a big game. You know, I, I live for games like this. You know, this is what I practice for, and this is what I prepare for, and this is why I play the position I play for for these big games. So. It's, it's going to be fun, you know. They ha they have a great program. We all know that. And I think Goose Creek is back, so it should be fun. But, you know, they, they have some good players. They have some great athletes, you know. So it's going to be a definitely fun game. I think we've got some great athletes. I think we got a great team. And I think we get the job done this week. Well, I know we will get the job done this week. Manny, um, your, uh, your older brother is uh, playing here in Columbia at South Carolina. And um, – 
Talk a little bit about uh, coming up. I, I, my understanding is you guys, uh, after he was out of school, you guys moved and then came back to South Carolina, this area. What was it that led you to, because uh, I know that um, Israel went to Berkeley. What was it that led you um, to choose Goose Creek when you guys moved back to South Carolina for your school? Um, You know, I, I felt like, well, moving back, we moved because of my brother committed to South Carolina. So, really, it was all late. So, we moved the first week. We moved back the first week of the high school regular season. So, I was just looking somewhere to play because I didn't want to sit out my junior year and, like, maybe come into Berkeley and start the third week, you know, and have to fight for a position battle. So, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere where I can play immediately and someone who I know has a good coach. So, I talked to Coach Mal. And he told me he knew Coach Winstead from South Point. And he was like, it'll be a great fit for me to go to Goose Creek since they're throwing the ball and I'm a and I and I'm a throwing QB. I can do both. So, you know, that was just that was just the whole process of it. So I chose Goose Creek and I haven't looked back. It's been the greatest decision so far. Right. Now you and I talked a little bit um uh through message and text about the the recruiting and, and right now there's um no no offers on the table, but, you know, a little bit of interest. Talk a little bit about your recruiting. Um, who's talking to you? Are are there schools that are looking at you as um, strictly as a quarterback? Are there schools looking at you as, you know, they, they watch your brother play and say, hey, maybe this kid can play, you know, in the secondary force. Or, or, are you all quarterback, and is that all you're looking at for the next level? Yeah, every every school right now is recruiting me as a quarterback. You know, I talked to Gardner Webb, South Carolina State, and and Georgia State just hit me up uh, Saturday morning, and you know, all, all of them like me as a quarterback. You know, I feel I feel like I'm next level quarterback, and I actually I feel like I'm top three quarterbacks in the state. So I feel like I'm a, I'm gonna play quarterback at the next level for sure. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you certainly you certainly have the talent the talent to do it. The um... The Georgia State, uh, the Georgia State uh, um, call is is interesting because that's a, that's a very good football uh, program down there. Sean Elliott has done some amazing things at Georgia State, and and now that I think about it, watching your film, um, you look a lot like the quarterback they have right now that's doing some great things for them. But uh, this week, uh, it's time for Somerville. Um, you you guys are. Uh, hosting you get the home field um what do you think in your mind right now are the keys for you uh in this goose creek offense in this game it's two things too it's, it's protecting the football and executing if we protect the football and we execute we'll definitely win the game and that's just that's just any game we do you know if we play goose creek football and we protect the football and we execute i feel like we could be any team in the state so that's kind of an expectation of you guys that you just you as long as you do the right thing, don't make mistakes, don't turn the ball over, that you're going to win a football game, and that's that's how it should be. That should be your attitude uh, going in. Well, Manny, listen, yep. I appreciate you uh, giving us a call. I appreciate you joining us. Um, I'll uh, I'll talk to you this week. I want to talk to you some some rec- about some recruiting stuff and and get some of your film and start helping you get this stuff out there. But uh, I wish you the best oh, yes, of luck this week. Wish you the best of luck against Somerville. I can't tell you that I hope you win because my partner there, Richie, you know, he sits up in the booth for Somerville. So. But uh, I will, hey, I will look, go ahead hey, and tell he, you. He gets it. He understands it. We talk on and off the phone, man. And, and, and I tell you, he and I, he's a great kid, man. I mean, and I told you this off the, you know, you and I have talked on the cell phone. We've been on the radio and stuff. But, uh, man, not just on the field. I can see your numbers. I mean, we can sit here and go through all that. You already, you know, you were there. You saw it. You did it, you know, not just with your arm. And let's not overlook, man, you got some legs on you, dude. You're able to run around just as much as you're able to throw it around. And I hate to tell you a secret because I know you play Somerville next week, but or this week now, right? But, yes. man, you're a great guy. On and off the field, man, you're smart in the classrooms. And, and don't look, that's where it counts. Not just what you do on the football field, but give yourself some accolades in the classrooms there, buddy. You got a good great <laughs> point average, man. You're, you're, you got it going on, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, and I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, um, Manny, I'm, you got to make me look smart this week because I'm picking Goose Creek in this game. So. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. I hope you can come to uh, the game. Uh, hey, I, we, I may actually have to come down for this one. So uh, I'm, I may see you Friday night. 
Well, listen, man, I appreciate you joining us, and uh, best of luck this week to you, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Take care, buddy. All right. Uh, Goose Creek uh, quarterback Manny McQuamu joining us. And, uh, Richie, I think you guys might be in trouble in Somerville this week. And, uh, uh, you man. know, he, he sounds like he's – battle, man. I tell you what, Luke Taylor's going to keep him in check. And, and I and I normally I don't go this route, but I'm going to take up uh, for my boys here in Somerville because Luke Taylor uh, has had a great game. Another kid they better watch out for is Ron Shaver, uh number 30. He's from Idaho. The kid looks like uh, – he looks like he looks like Clay Matthews. He's got all his hair coming the back of his hair, out of his helmet, man. He had a huge game uh, last week. Uh, Jane James, defensive guy, he's very good. So, you know, the good thing about Somerville is, is they're starting to click on that secondary. They're starting to really get some things together. Uh, that front line is putting a lot of pressure on. So, I'm expecting as long as that secondary stays to what I'm telling you, it, it should be a good game. And if I was you, Jim, I'd come down and hang out with me in the press box. And, and what you could see is a really good game. But the best two games in 5A football is going to be here in the low country. You already know that, though. Uh, we'll we'll see. I think there's there's a couple of good ones in the upstate, too. And uh, speaking of the upstate and speaking as long as we're on the subject of the 5A bracket, I have a very good friend of mine, a legend in South Carolina high school football, Coach Scott Early from Westside High School. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing good, JB. This is like in the middle of the Packers beating the Panthers 21 to 10, so let's be brief. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man. Hey, listen, I uh, uh, tough game, tough loss uh, Friday night. Um, talk about your season uh, before we get into this 5A bracket. Just talk about your season a little bit and how did you guys – because I talked to you in the in the preseason and, and um, you knew it was going to be – it was going to be a challenging season, but uh, how did you guys finish in terms of where you thought you would and what, what are your takeaways from this football season? Well, I mean, Friday night's game was sort of like the season. You know, we play a tough schedule. You know, we play in upper state, which is different. And, um, you know, started out, you know, rough, but was, was ahead in every game in the fourth quarter. And, you know, the ball didn't bounce our way. Uh, you know, was able to finish strong, winning five in a row. The ball did bounce our way. Sort of like Friday night, you know, we started out real slow, real sluggish. Didn't play very well, turned it over, um, and played great in the second half and, and uh, had a chance to, to tie it, to go to overtime in the end. And, and uh, you know, felt like we called a good play and just didn't execute it. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, in high school football, your season, you know, either ends at the end of a regular season with a win and no playoff berth, and I guess you can be relatively happy, uh, or it ends, you know, in a loss, or it ends, you know, in, in Williams-Brice, and, and, you know, it's very limited, and the epic flows go up and down, but I was pleased with, you know, on Friday night, we started six, six sophomores and four freshmen, so I was pleased with, you know, the run they made, and the fact that they were resilient, and, um, you know, had a, had a chance to, to win a another region title uh, and be seeded a higher. But, you know, I think you told me you wanted to talk about the 5A brackets. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm such a realist, but it's, it's pretty, pretty boring right now in, in 5A football. Yeah. I mean, you look at the top of the, the heap and we'll go into that bracket right now. I mean, you got Burns at Lawrence, um, you're familiar with Lawrence. I mean, you you've seen them this year. Um, you know they they're one seed because they're they're they won the region. But is this a team that that can compete with Burns? No, not at all. Um, you know, when you look at the overall bracket, I caught a little glimpse of y'all talking. I mean, there's only two games this Friday night that can even be a game. I think, you know. Garcia gives Carolina Forest a chance against River Bluff, and I think Goose Creek and Somerville could be a game. Outside of that, there's really not a game on the entire docket in 5A Friday night, in my opinion. Well, you called to well, get what, that. So. Yeah, one game, one game I was looking at in the upstate that, that I thought might could be a game, depending on which team shows up, is Gaffney at Sumter. Uh, I've seen Sumter on film, you know, preparing for Spring Valley. And, uh, you know, Gaffney – I mean, they're overmatched. Now, you know, now Gaffney's a team that's either in a good mood or a bad mood. So you're right about that part of it. But, you know, if Gaffney has halfway plays, I don't I don't think the game's close. Dorman Spring Valley, probably a blowout. Clover Malden, the same. You know, Dutch Fort Wando, same. Fort Dorchester, Berkeley, the same. I mean, you know, I, I don't mean to be redundant, but it's sort of like 
you know, you know that you know that Burns or Gaffney, depending on what kind of mood they're in, or or Dorman yeah. is going to play the goat in Columbia, and the goat's going to win. So yeah, you know, yeah. well, I, and you and you and I talked about that. You and I talked about that early in the season. I still say, despite Dorman beating Burns, I still think it's going to be Burns and Dutch Fork in the finals. Well, I think the the. I had to disagree with you there. I think I think Dorman beats Burns again because they're at home. But I think, you know, it's irrelevant. It's sort of like last year. I remember being in Williamsburg radio work, and you know, when you leave the game, and you, you know, you're you're at December the sixth. You leave the game, and you know that, you know, in 2019 on December seventh, the same thing's gonna happen again. So, um, yeah. you know, and 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 some some people like it. And I know this week in college football, everybody's happy because, you know, they might be. A somewhat changing of the guard, and you know it's kind of like Dutch Fork, kind of like Clemson. You know they they play an ACC in a low country, they beat everybody, and people question how good they are, and then they get they get a Dorman or a Burns or a Gaffney, and they show how good they are. So, um, yeah, you know it's 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 kind of it's predetermined. You know, hopefully somebody or something's going to change that in the near future. But but right now you have the haves and the have-nots, and you know we all knew in the first round, even if we win, we're you know, it's a slow death or a fast death, whichever one you, you, you choose, you know. Coach, I got a question for you. Richie, I've been down here in uh, the low country with Southern Sports Central. First of all, thanks for what you do for high school sports and all the men's uh, lives that you're able to kind of mold and get them into the right area. I know it's not an easy task because of the uh, the way these kids are a little bit easier than they were back when we grew up, of course. But uh, I do want to ask you about the Fort Dorchester and uh, Berkeley game. Uh, this this time around, they're actually going to have another quarterback who comes back uh, from an injury that he, he wasn't even on the field last time that these guys played each other earlier in the years. Uh, Willie Chisholm, of course, you know his brother's now playing in college. Uh, the Chisholm family down in the low country, known for their speed, known for their ability to get around. But does he bring anything, an opportunity to maybe see what I saw firsthand by calling the games at Somerville on the radio? I saw probably the best guys in the box all year long over there on the defensive side at Fort Dorchester. But it is at Fort Dorchester. It should be a good game. And up until about the third quarter, it was very close. But then you know, they ended up breaking the collarbone of the uh, or the collarbone of the young man for the uh, for Berkeley got, uh, took place, of course. So that changed everything. So they had to go to a third-string quarterback. But what do you like in this matchup? And is there any chance, I guess, uh, other than them playing on the field, that Berkeley could come in here and, and maybe get a win uh, on the road? I mean, I don't. I think he, he makes a little bit of a difference. But, you know, Fort D's line of scrimmage is so dominant. And, you know, I think they're they're sort of in load management mode, as they say in the NBA, until they get to the end. So, you know, I think I think Dutch Fork – I mean, I think Fort Dorchester's, you know, on a crash course to, to play, uh, you know, Dutch Fork again. And I, I don't see Berkeley changing that, um, especially not one player changing it. Yes, it's going to make a small impact, but they're by far the better team. Uh, Coach, one more thing before I turn it back over to Jim. Talking about the playoffs, uh, I remember my days of playing high school back in the 90s. We had the Sweet 16, and things were a little differently. In your words, do you like the new playoff? It seems like almost everybody gets in, and it reminds me, unfortunately, too many bowl games in college football. When you see teams in different brackets getting in with very few wins and, and all of that, it's kind of feeding what I guess everybody wants. But realistically, what are we accomplishing? And what would you like to see differently going forward in the future when it comes to uh, 5A football? Well, your analogy is so true about the good old days of, of Big 16, Little 32. One of the great things was the cross bracket. And, you know, you'd have to, you know, get on a bus and let's say West Side and go to Somerville. You know, it just created some what if, you know, I think enthusiasm. And, and you know, you don't you don't really have that anymore. But, you know, then the second part of your question is, you know, for me, I, you know, I wish they would go back really old school and say, you know, top two teams in the region and have some kind of uh, at-large system where you look at a region like Region 2, which, you know, I refer to as the SEC high school football, and you and you understand the the, the competitiveness and the, and, and the talent in, in that region and, and flip those in there in at-large situation. But I, I love the, the, the just the top two make it. You know, if you top two in the region, you go. If you don't, you start your off-season program Monday morning and I think by doing it this way, you just water down the playoffs. And, and sometimes, like, I, you know, I felt sorry for Chapin. You know, I know it's big time to get out large, but you get all expense-paid trip across the bridge to Dutch Fork. So, you know, I, I think some of these playoff matchups, is, is, it's, it's, to be honest with you, it's humiliating, you know. Um, and it's tough to get the kids because, you know, 
with the day, the day of social media and highlight films and huddle, I mean, everybody knows, you know, who's good and who's not. And, you know, I think it puts you in a, in a situation where it, it demeans the love of football a little bit, in my opinion. Completely agree with you. And I did the story last week, a simple plan part two, had two proposals. Both of them uh, had the only number one, number two getting in. The second of the two proposals, Scott, I had eight at-large teams coming in. If if we went to a system, and I'll get your opinion on this, if we went to a system where we only let the region winner and region runner-up in and then allowed the, the next eight teams, eight at-large teams, what would be the better way to select those teams? I had two, two means. I had, the first was the region representatives from each region would decide who the eight large teams were together, or we could go back to a point system only for the at-large teams. I'm not a fan of the point system, but I think for, for an at-large, uh, selecting at-large teams, it might not be a bad idea. Which would you think would be the better way to do it? Well, the latter most definitely because any other thing you do is going to involve bias. And, you know, right. the point system, you sort of eliminate that. And I'm not I'm not a real big proponent of point system either, but it does make every game matter. And it takes the bias out of who chooses what. Because um, you can say what you want to do. It's, it's human nature. There's going to be bias involved. And that's, that's one reason we have the South Carolina High School League that's supposed to be an unbiased party that, that creates all this force. But, you know, until we do something to an enrollment discrepancy, you're always going to have some lopsidedness. I mean, you, you, I mean, just think about the span of 5A football. Um, you know, I'm in a school with 1,535 kids in it, and I have to play schools with over 3,000. So, until you, until you can fix that issue, um, I think you're always going to have problems. But I do think one great solution is that large, top two, and then have a point system where every game matters, and teams know, hey. Uh, you know, I might be in a tough region like a you know Hillcrest or a Malden, but if I play good people and have a good uh, non-region schedule and I'm competitive in the region schedule, even though I'm not in the top two, I get a chance to be in the bracket. And I think that's a that's a great proposal and a great way to do it. And it gives hope to the ones that deserves it, and it gives reality to the ones that don't. Exactly. Well, Scott, I know you're watching uh, Sunday football, NFL, and and I appreciate you coming on, joining us always, and. We'll have to get you back on for another show and, and talk about some of the fishing and hunting and stuff that, that, that you do on the side. Looking forward to, by the way, a few weeks, we'll be uh, seeing you down in Myrtle Beach for the North-South All-Star Game, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. Hopefully we'll have, you know, two talented teams, and it won't look like, you know, Burns and Lawrence is going to look like or like Green Bay and Carolina is looking like right now. I just hope my Cowboys can win the 98 20. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you joining us, guys. Always is good talking to you, buddy. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, head Coach Scott Early uh, from Westside High School. Uh, Richie Scott and I have been friends for a long time, and and uh, it, I, I told him one time, you don't know how much heat I take for saying that I'm your friend. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's one of those coaches he's one of those coaches that the other coaches either either like him or they hate him but uh the one thing good about scott early is you never have to wonder what he's thinking because he's going to tell you exactly what he's thinking but, but you know you uh, like guys like that we, we appreciate guys like that in college if you remember the mad hatter over there less miles he's not quite as chippy because he's over in kansas and uh it, it's hard to get him some microphone time but you get that from that guy at Washington State. Anytime he says something, man, we kind of keen on him. And then, of course, Steve Spurrier is that guy. Nick Saban might be a little bit quieter here today and tomorrow, but by Tuesday he'll get back to normal. But we need guys like him. And, and I like it. I like what he said. And I like some of the proposals you put together because they've got to figure out. I, I miss seeing some of this crossing over playoff action. It, it, you know, I don't really enjoy seeing each other knock each other out. And that's what's going to happen this weekend here in the Low Country where you'll see – you know, Berkeley taking on Fort Dorchester. You'll see Goose Creek taking on Somerville. And even though they're both in, in, in tops and bottoms in the lower state, which could be interesting at the final before they go to Williams Bryce, you know, it, it's still, you yeah. missed out some of those key matchups that you saw in this week 16 days. Well, we ran a little bit late uh, tonight. I want to get into the brackets and just run through the brackets real quick. But, but, but before we get to that, one of the things I wanted to do this week was start the Under the Radar. Uh, program. It's a, it's something that I did uh, several years ago on scvarsity.com. I went, I did the under under the radar, looking at players that just aren't being looked at by colleges that for some reason, whatever reason, that they're just flying under the radar. And uh, I left that and went to the um, 
five on the rise and started doing them five at a time. But tonight, uh, because we're pressed for time, I'm only going to do one young man, but I, I did want to mention this young man. If you get a chance, go to Huddle, check him out. His name is Devontae Allen. He goes to Marion High School. He's a senior. Um, he's a guy that, uh, that can play all over the field. Now, the reason that he is under the radar, Richie, is that he's only 5'7". He's 5'7", about 155, 160 pounds soaking wet. But this kid plays uh, wide receiver. He plays corner for them, which I think is his best position. But what he can do in college is he can, he can be a kick-punt return specialist. This is a kid that has lethal speed. And I'm going to go over his, the grading system. I have a grading system. You know, I wrote a book called The Book on Evaluating Football Players. It's a bestseller, and it goes basically looks at all the years that I've done this and evaluating players as, as a coach and as an analyst. Um, goes through each position and goes through the criteria I look look at. Um, you know, one of the things uh, about him that I like, if you look at this young man's film, is his man-to-man coverage. He's very flexible. His hips are are very he's real smooth in his turns you can see him pop his hips not surprised at all because he's such a smaller he's a smaller guy when you get into the six two six three guys that are playing corners uh, the reason that you don't see a lot of guys that height playing corner is because they don't pop their hips as well they're not as smooth in their turns and transition but he's got you know excellent you know, back pedal uh, he can break on the ball he's got great acceleration um, he's a kid, you'll hear me say this term a lot when I'm talking about defensive back. He stays in phase with the receivers when he's in coverage. Um, I haven't seen a lot of him doing zone coverage, but he's got very good range with his speed. So, um, you know, he can cover a lot of field. Um, I mentioned his closing quickness, his key and diagnosis very well. Uh, he's either reading these offenses on this film really well, or he's got amazing instincts. Either way, he's getting to the ball and anticipating it. Uh, correctly almost every time uh, his lateral pursuit on on the, the plays is excellent again it's, it's all about his hips he chases to the sidelines well um, the thing I like about him Richie and the thing that we don't see uh, in so many kids these days is his tackling skills he wraps up he tackles low um, you know he he's not a guy that has to drag down but he can drag down because so, which shows a lot of strength but he he tackles you know for his size, five seven one sixty, amazingly he tackles with power and, and it's kind of punishing in it. Um, but again, great hips. I like this kid. I think he's under the radar. I think if the, the college coaches that uh, that are out there listening and and the ones that I'll be contacting on this kid's behalf, they really need to take a look at this this tape because this is a kid. Even if you think he's too small to play on your defense. This is a kid that is lethal with a football in his hands on punt and kick returns, and I think he's certainly a young man that is, uh, you know, it's worth taking a look at. Um, going to the brackets, uh, we talked a little bit about the 5A, but we're going to fly through these. We'll do our picks, uh, Richie, and then I'll do my picks later on on Twitter. I like to I like to put them out there before the game so I can go back and count them. And had a pretty good pretty good week this week. Somerville let me down a little bit by winning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, we got uh, we got Burns and Lawrence. Uh, I'm going Burns. Uh, in fact, I'll just give you my picks in the Upstate. I'm going Burns. I'm going uh, Sumter at home. Uh, I'm going Dorman at home, and I'm going Clover at home. Yeah, I'll marry that. I think that I think a I think it goes through Burns. So I think Burns is going to yeah. be there at the end of this conversation. Uh, but the other teams, yeah, that and because of the, the, it's just not as strong as it has been in the past. I feel pretty comfortable with what you picked there. Yeah, I like uh, in the lower state. We got Wando at Dutch Fork. I, that's not shouldn't even that game shouldn't even be taking place. Dutch Fork's going to win that game by a lot. Um, Berkeley at Fort Dorchester. I listen. I can't go against Fort Dorchester. Their defense is too uh, dominating. So I'm going to go with the Fort. I like Carolina Forest at home. Uh, you know how I feel about Mason Garcia, and I just think sure. it's going to be a little bit too much for River Bluff. Although. That River Bluff tandem of running backs is going to be very good against Carolina Forest. And then the one that I think that you and I are going to differ on, Somerville at Goose Creek. I'm going to go with the home team and my man, Manny McQuamu, in that game to win a close game against Somerville. All right, so I'll start off at the top. Dutch Fork, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, Wando, great job. You won the first round. But that's a tough call to go to Dutch Fork and win. I think Dutch Fork handles business there. 
Uh, you know, and I went back and forth. When you bring in this kid, Willie Chisholm, who hasn't played all year long and he's already thrown for over 1,600 yards and he's ran for just as many gems, he's dangerous. Unfortunately, not only is this the best defense, I think, in the state. I mean, these guys have playmakers all over the place. And, and Jaden Garner and, of course, Manny Johnson, this kid is a beast. Uh, they've also got this quarterback. We're not talking a lot about him, but DeAndre Sab, who is just a leg – he can run it. He can throw it. Reminds you a little bit of a kid who used to be there a couple of years ago. Oh, and then they got this freshman quarterback, this rookie quarterback, whatever you want to look at him as. He's a 14-year-old kid who has just really got a great touch on the ball, and he throws it all over the place. So I'm going to, unfortunately for uh, Berkeley, I think it comes to an end. I, I just too many firepowers on the other side of the ball defensively to stop Chisholm. And on the other side, I, I just think that they're going to give him great field position. And you'll see uh, – 20 points probably be the win there for uh, the team, uh, Fort Dorchester. Then you mentioned the other game uh, is going to be Carolina Forest. I like Carolina Forest. We've watched him for the third year. This is the only time, if we don't see him this year, we haven't seen him really grow in Garcia. The kid can throw it as probably anybody in the state can. A really, really good ball. He also has some running backs behind him that can help him out. The defense seemed to really stand up, Paul. They kind of blew the doors off their first-round opponent over here in Charleston as well. Uh, but – I think they got enough to, to win that game. Now, the game everybody's going to watch for, and trust me, there's been a lot of conversation with social media between these two uh, going back and forth. And Somerville, I, I think they're the underdog a little bit here, and I understand that. But it's like I told the kids, look, embrace it, love on it, enjoy being under the radar for the first time in a while because everybody always has Somerville at the top, and that's where they believe. And, of course, I'd be in the voice of the Green Wave right there with them. But I think you see Luke Taylor, you see that secondary. We talked about this earlier in the broadcast. If these guys play good ball and they keep Manny down out of the air and make him run the ball, that front defensive line for Somerville is pretty impressive. And then on the other side, this sophomore quarterback you'll see uh, coming out of the uh, backfield, of course, uh, is three different running backs that run three different ways. And it's hard to figure it out because they've got a kid that's a halfback that's built like a fullback. And they've got two running backs that really have the speed to get around to get to the corner. But it all falls on the shorter of their quarterback over there. And if Kobe Shirey has the day that I think he's got it in him, I think Somerville comes out of this thing winning by 10. I'm going to go through the 4A, 3A, and the rest of the brackets. I'm not going to do my picks yet because i got to look at some of these games. I think what I'll do is on Wednesday night uh, go ahead and post my picks online, and then we'll talk about them uh, on the uh, South Carolina High School Blitz show on Wednesday night. But, uh, I'll go ahead and, and uh, run through the games for everybody that's listening. Belton, Honey Path, and 4A, we'll be going to Greenville. Uh, Greer, um, a different football team uh, in the playoffs, uh, traveling to Wren. That's going to be a good game. Westwood at Daniel um, should be another good game. Ridgeview at AC Floor, battle between two outstanding defenses. We had Tyson Player on earlier talking about that game. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. In the lower state, Airport at Lower Richland. That's really taking place in the Midlands. Airport uh, faced Lower Richland earlier this year and beat them, but this is a different Lower Richland team than we saw earlier in the year, and they're at home. North Myrtle Beach at Myrtle Beach. Uh, North Myrtle Beach uh, got a, a win over North Augusta on the road this past week, but I don't think they've got anything from Myrtle Beach, and they've already seen each other once. Wilson at Brooklyn Casey may be the best game in the 4A bracket. Um, this Wilson team is underrated. They're a heck of a lot better than people think they are. And this Brooklyn Casey uh, team is in the same boat. I think that this, this Brooklyn Casey team or Wilson team can be a force uh, when they get to the semifinals. Uh, Hartsville at Buford. Um, Hartsville's traveling, but, but I, I think that uh, this is going to be an outstanding game. And, um, you know, it's just because of the way the brackets are set up that Hartsville is a visiting team in this. In 3A, Woodruff at Pendleton, uh, Newberry at Chapman. Uh, I like uh, Newberry's playing great football right now, but I like Chapman in that that whole bracket. Chesney at Union County, Broom at Camden. Um, that's going to be a great game. Uh, Broom, um, Richie has got a sophomore quarterback that's one of the top players in the uh, 2022 class. Uh, in the lower state, Sherrod at Strom Thurmond is going to be a good good game. May River at Ainer. That's going to be a great game. Those are two of the teams yeah. that I felt like were going to be you know, teams that were there in the semifinals. Lake City at Gilbert. I think Gilbert's got the, the ability and the talent to go all the way. Uh, Dylan at Wade Hampton. Um, of course, if Dylan wins that game, I think Gilbert beats Lake City, and I think they see each other in the semifinals or in the quarterfinals. Uh, in the 2A bracket, this is the one we talked about earlier in the show when we had the Abbeville coach Jamie Nichols on. Batesburg-Leesville at Southside Christian. 
outstanding matchup. Saluda at Buford, another great matchup. Andrew Jackson at Abbeville. St. Joseph's at Great Collegiate. All four of those great games, uh, great game matchups. In the lower state, how about this one? Bamberg, Earhart at Timberland. That's going to be a great game. Burke at Bonwell. I don't, I don't even think Burke should be in the playoffs. Bonwell, um, that's, going to be a, that's going to be a tough game for Burke at Bonwell. Calhoun County at Woodland. Another great game for one of a very good uh, lower state team in Woodland. Oceanside Collegiate uh, at Whale Branch. They've seen each other this year. Uh, I think it's going to turn out the same in this game. And in the Class A, uh, everybody's in action this week. The, the ones had buys last week, but Rich Minetta's at Whitmire. Mac B at Blackville Hilda. Ware Shoals at Lamar. Uh, McCormick at Wagner Sally. Um I'm just going to say for that bracket, I kind of I still like Wagner Sally coming out of the upstate bracket. In lower state, Cross at Baptist Hill, uh, Lakeview at Branchville, Scotts Branch at C.E. Murray. C.E. Murray, uh, of course, a friend of the show, uh, Brian P. Smith, head coach over at C.E. Murray. That's going to be a good game. And in St. John's at Green Sea Floyd's, uh, I look for uh, the all four all all those games to be great. Uh, the three teams that I'm looking at in that lower state, though, it's going to be a battle. Are going to be Lakeview getting by Branchville, and then C.E. Murray, Green C. Floyd. I think they both win, and we're going to see some great quarterfinals in the 1A classification. Richie, thank you for joining me again tonight. Tell people where they can find you. All right, so we're live over there on Southern Sports Central. Find us on Facebook. It's the easiest way to go. Uh, you can just search Southern Sports Central. We're live 7 to 9, Monday through Friday. We do have a fifth quarter show on Saturdays from 8 to 10 if you're on Twitter. You go to at SO Sports Central, uh, same avenue there, Jim. Again, we are at Southern Sports Central on Facebook. Uh, we use Blog Talk as well, so we're all part of the Blog Talk family. But uh, always pleasure getting in here with you on Sunday. and look forward to getting back in here with you Wednesday, and you join me uh, as well on Wednesday morning. All right, man. Appreciate it. And uh, we will be back on Wednesday with the show. You've been listening to the Sunday Drive on the SCVarsity.com network. Jim Baxter signing out. Have a great week.